You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Masterclass. So what do you do if your relationship orientation is not monogamy? So, you know, you look around, we are living in a world that's trying to bend people into loving one partner. Um, And what do you do if you don't like dishonesty or concealment of your truth? And we're bombarded by social cues um, and messages that claim romantic happiness can 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 only be found in this era that we're living in, at least in a nuclear style marriage or in a uh, uh, your advised or monogamy seems to be what is uh, best desired by society. What do you do? What do you do? Well, our guest is Piwos Tolle did something about it. He's a facilitator at Polyamory South Africa. He'll tell us in a moment about all of that. Um, and we're looking at uh, polyamory. We're looking at polyandry because polyandry in South Africa continues to be a hot debate. It's splitting opinions on social media, around the dinner table, everywhere you look, people are talking about it. And this is because the Home Affairs Department gazetted a new green paper for the Marriage Act earlier this month. And one of the proposals in the gazette is the recognition of polyandry. And this would allow a woman to marry more than one man at the same time. Only a polygyny is recognized in South Africa. This means that men can have more than one wife. And so members of the public have until the end of June to comment on these amendments to um, the, the Marriage Act in South Africa. And the department's green paper on marriages states that the current Marriage Act is discriminatory and does not promote equality. And it also puts proposals, by the way, to recognize Hindu, Jewish, Muslim and Rastafarian marriages. So it does a whole lot more than just um, the the hot topic at the moment. It focuses on a whole lot more um, over and above polyandry. But for the purposes of today's masterclass, with that backdrop, we're looking at polyamory, right? Which Spiwe will be uh, um, explaining and taking us through in a moment. And then we're going to look at um, polyandry. And this is what Shadi Mahanwe, who is a lecturer in the Witt School of Law, will be outlining for us as well. So let me start with you, Shadi. Good afternoon. Hi, Zani. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Uh, there's a lot of poly poly going on. <laughs> we are going to have to be very clear <laughs> on which one we are talking about because it can all be so confusing. And we know that poly means many, of course. I've got multiple guests today, so I'm also going to juggle between the two of you. Pardon the pun. <laughs> but Shadi, it's lovely to have you on. Thank you so much. Right. I'm happy to be here. Yes, so that is Shadi Mahanwe with us. And then uh, Spiwes Tolle, uh, facilitator at Polyamory South Africa, also with us. Hi, Spiwe. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Looking forward to our discussion this afternoon. Uh, so I want us to start... Yeah, let's start by just clarifying these terms for anyone who's not familiar with them, you know, who's ignored this particular debate and this discussion and uh, all of that. Let's just clarify these terms. And I'll start with you, Spua, because uh, you are an open and proud uh, polyamorous South African. Correct. What is polyamory? Um, I, I like how you started this conversation. There indeed is a lot of confusion um, about 
this orientation of his lifestyle. Um, let's let's start at the very beginning. Okay, so so the word poly simply means many, right? And emery means means love. So the idea that a person is capable of loving more than one person, uh, also meaning you are capable of being fully engaged in a loving romantic relationship um, with more than just your existing relationship or relationship or perhaps your primary partner, if if I may put it that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a relationship context. So how did you discover that you were polyamorous, that you were more, uh, what was more natural for you was to love and commit to several partners rather than one? I suppose in the same way that a lot of people who either already know and practice polyamory or people who will eventually find out, um, the idea that one person is meant to meet all of your needs, okay, um, and failure to do so means the relationship is doomed. Um, so what do you do? You start all over again. Um was was a very evident factor in in some of my previous relationships. Okay, I was lucky to meet someone in in my past who was versed with the concept of polyamory, and it is upon dating that person at the time that we had a conversation about it being okay to fall in love or perhaps love another person while pursuing an existing relationship. Of course. You can imagine um, at the time, the concept was completely new to me and I was as confused as probably many of the listeners were. So my journey to learn about polyamory and its intricacies and how it works really began there by, by dating somebody who was already orientated as such as who was practicing polyamory at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just to make it clear, polyamory isn't the precursor to the different types of polygamy. Because you can have polyamorous marriages, right? Which we're not there yet in South Africa. Mm, mm, mm. Um, let's let's get into the, the nuances uh, of it. So a polygamous um, marriage is was slightly different. Often only one partner in, in the marriage has the exclusive right to choose when to introduce a new member into the marriage. Um, of course, traditionally, you know, and many of, of the listeners would agree that there are conversations that need to be had. However, the entire process gravitates more towards one partner that being the man mm. versus a polyamorous relationship where both partners okay, can, with consent from one another, when the need arises, introduce the subject of pursuing a relationship with, with somebody else. So... There's, there are there are clear distinctions between the two polyamorous relationships. Both partners are equal. There has to be consent from, of course, both partners to engage in a polyamorous relationship versus a more stringent structure in polygamy um, that that really is more confined, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Versus, um, Which is yes, and polygamy is one man or one woman um, mm-hmm. with multiple partners. So one to many, whereas with polyamory, you know, it's... it's, it's, uh, it's a bigger sense of equality. Yeah, 
Okay. All right. Um, so uh, there are different forms that this can take. I mean, I had to go and educate myself when it's pure. And at the end of it, I was looking at a glossary. I was so yes. confused by the end of it that there's the primary, right? Your ride or die, mm. your main squeeze, your mm. rechte, your, your mm. top of the shelf bay. You know, that's the primary. Mm. Um, mm. What would characterize the relationship with the primary partner in a polyamorous relationship? Is it, mm. So, so as a commonly accepted terminology is that to refer to people as either primary or secondary partners. But I, I find that slightly problematic because what you're then doing is you, you are creating a structure or some sort of a hierarchical structure where one person is seen to be more significant than the other, which is more a characteristic of polygamy. Okay? Mm. So let's, let's rather use terminology that's less um, restrictive. Let's, let's refer to them as your existing partner. So, okay. for instance, if you are already in a relationship, you, if you identify that as polyamorous, if you're curious, if you, if you want to go into that particular lifestyle, may meet another person who is by no means lesser important. You are no lesser in love with somebody that joins or somebody that you meet after having an existing partner. The, the concept of referring to them as either primary or secondary is, is rather problematic because Later on in this conversation, I'm sure we will talk about how exactly does a polyamorous relationship work. So if one is primary and the other is secondary, we're saying the primary person takes precedence and the other one does not. And if that would be the case, then we, we are not talking about polyamory in the true sense of the word. Oh, I so see. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me make this a bit more clear for you. Mm. Polyamory is the idea that a person it's like yourself, somebody else who's in a relationship, is one capable of falling in love in no lesser degree with another person than a person they may already be in a relationship with. I, I try all the time when I talk about this to steer away from the idea that if I were to meet a person who... If a person meets me and I'm already in a relationship, by no means am I saying to that person they are lesser important or perhaps I love them lesser or, or I love the other person more than. Mm. The person is, is capable of being in several relationships and, and love each and every one of their partner, if not equally, in wow. a distinctly different way that is not less in quality or whatever than an existing relationship. And so a, someone who's orientated towards monogamy might not be able to do that, right? What they, they, maybe their, their feelings would shift if a new person entered the picture. Whereas what you're saying is that if a new person entered the picture, you're able to sustain what you have with the existing person and with the new one and another one and another one. Correct. All right. How different is it from open relationships? Good question. Um, good question. So... There are several forms of non-monogamous relationships. Um, the, the most popular ones before this is polyamory or polyamorous relationships. Uh, topical was popular in South Africa, either swinging, so that's a familiar uh, term, and open relationships. In an open relationship, there is no consent that is established prior to a person who is in a relationship meeting somebody else. So, for instance, a person could be in an existing monogamous relationship mm. 
and and whenever they choose to, without consulting their partner, without gaining consent from their partner, they can you know have sex with somebody else. They can pursue romantic relations with another person. Mm. Whereas in a polyamorous relationship, the premise is we first have to establish consent, meaning there is an element of trust and communication that needs to take place in that process. Okay? So one one cannot, in a polyamorous relationship, um, all willy-nilly, if you will, mm. engage in any activity outside of the relationship without having obtained consent, without having had a conversation with their partner, without having agreed on certain terms, without having set rules. But a, a, a swinging culture, or perhaps open um, relationship culture is one where without having you know obtained consent you you are free to do as you as you see fit which is which is highly problematic in in my opinion mm-hmm. no uh, I think that's the thing that you know they exist in South Africa polyamorous relationships exist it's just that <laughs> okay with the way you're describing it with consent but uh, mm-hmm. people conceal what often hurts is betrayal uh, people lie mm-hmm. and they conceal the preferred relationship orientation and you sign mm-hmm. up thinking that this is a monogamous set up. Mm. Meanwhile, they may have different ideas and prefer a polyamorous setup, which becomes apparent later when a betrayal is revealed, which is where the hurt and betrayal then uh, uh, comes into it. So definitely a much more open uh, uh, um, proposition here, Spiros. Just stay with us. Yeah. I want to switch to polyandry now, which is a form of polygamy. And um, Shadi, let's now talk about where this falls between the broad uh, poly, you know, orientation of relationships, where uh, polyandry fits in. Where does it fit in, Shadi? Um, I think polyandry fits in similarly to polygamy, right? So here I think we were looking at the issue of equality. <laughs> so in terms of polyandry, um, if you try to find the definition of it, it would say that it's a form of polygamy where, see, the form of polygamy. Mm. So polygamy comes in again. So it's a form of polygamy where a woman has two or more husbands. And in that instance, the husbands would be referred to as brothers. Similarly to in a polygamous marriage where the wives would be referred to as sister wives. So here... Um, I think polygamy can also be maybe explained as the opposite of, uh, sorry, polyandry (laughs) can be explained as (laughs) too many polys. (laughs) It can be explained as um, the opposite of polygamy. So if polygamy means a husband can have more than one wife, here it means that the wife can have more than one husband. So that's why I'm saying it's... um, basically a a balance in society whereby if a man is allowed to have this specific um, type of relationship, then women should also be given the opportunity to have the same. Yes, and that's one of the areas that I wanted to talk to you about, that this proposition, this amendment to the Marriages Act is lauded as a step closer to equality. So uh, in what way does it do this? And I mean, just how extensive is it? Uh, because what we know from marriage is that certain rights, certain advantages and responsibilities are conferred, you know, through marriage. And so how uh, uh, does this, uh, how would this amendment address matters such as that? 
Um, I think with polyandry, right, um, the legislature was trying to um, develop indigenous law to bring it in line with the constitution because in many instances um, we'll find that there's a conflict between the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. So, and I think the most right where you'll find that there's conflict between indigenous law and the Constitution would be your right to equality. So here, um, I'm assuming that then the roles in the marriage would be equal. So all the parties in the marriage would have to perform the same um, duties or they would have the same rights and duties in, in, in that relationship or marriage right okay so really taking us closer to uh, equality are there other laws that would require amending or that would be affected by this i think we would have to go back and look at the recognition of customary marriages act okay because there um men are allowed to practice polygamy and it's recognized in a form of legislation so um we would also have to go and look at living customary law. And it's not easy to ascertain because I could right now say that um, polyandry is not recognized in cultures in South Africa. Mm. And while I'm saying this now, there's probably a place somewhere in South Africa where they're practicing polyandry. So we would have to start by maybe ascertaining living customary law to see if this practice is actually being done in South Africa. And then we'd have to look at the recognition of customary marriages act mm. to include um, African women to practice polyandry in terms of the act. We would also have to now amend the marriage act. Um, and in amending the marriage act, I think we would have to harmonize all these types of marriages that we have in South Africa because um, the marriage act only recognizes marriage as a union between one man and one woman. And as a result, we ended up having the civil union act for same sex marriages. So, I think it would also be a good idea maybe if we looked at harmonizing these different types of marriages to put them under one umbrella or one legislation, which would then be the Marriage Act. So then we would have to amend the whole Marriage Act, which means some of the provisions in the Recognition of Customary Marriages Act and some of the provisions in the Civil Union Union Mm. Act would have to be included in the Marriage Act. Mm, mm. Gosh, there is a lot. <laughs> there is quite a lot to <laughs> kind of harmonize and bring in line together. Um, so, people, so what I was saying earlier on is about uh, polygamy and po- polyamory being very different things. But, Shadi, what do you think of polyamorous marriages? Uh, does that add another complication, Shadi, to what we've just been describing, as especially with the landscape of marriages being so multi, so so um, so plural in South Africa? Um, I think it does. I think it creates. It's it's a little bit pr- problematic because remember, at the, at the end of the day, a marriage is a contract, right? Mm. So, in terms of a contract, we have um, rights and duties. So in a marriage, you also have rights and you have duties. There are certain duties that you must perform and you also have a right to claim certain um, things from your partner. So if you are allowed to have other partners, but you're not married to them, I think it becomes problematic in that sense. And it will also come into the law of succession, 
what happens when your spouse passes away and they had other partners which whom they were not married to do they also get to benefit from your estate or do we exclude them although they were recognized as partners although not part of the marriage i think it becomes problematic in that sense Mm. And we're not even talking to, to cultural yes. experts at the moment. <laughs> so it becomes quite convoluted in the legal sense. And then you add, uh, what the considerations that might come, that might have to come into play in the customary sense. Uh, I think then it's going to require, hence all of this debate. It's understandable why, why there is all of this debate then. Yes. And another thing would be that, um, if we're only looking at polyandry in terms of Section 9 of the Constitution, which is the right to equality, then if men are allowed to practice polygamy, then the same right should be afforded to women, right? Mm. But then we'll go back to Indigenous law, customary law, where I said that um, many cultures don't recognize polyandry, right? So if... The constitution allows women to practice polyandry. Then we should also ask ourselves if we are not um, developing or changing indigenous law to conform to Western practices. Can it not then exist uh, outside of anything that has to do with customs? I think it can. Mm. Um, The same way we have legal pluralism, where we have the common and indigenous law existing together as separate legal systems. So it can exist outside indigenous law. Because in terms of indigenous law, most people practice it because they want to be subject to it. Um, We are not necessarily forced to practice indigenous law. So we only practice it because you want to, like it's your choice. So I think in that sense, polyandry would only exist outside of um, indigenous law because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, indigenous law is recognized as a system that allows individuals to practice their culture freely under the protection of the constitution. So yeah, Mm -hmm. if we don't have cultures in South Africa that practice polyandry, we are still subject to living customary law here. If right. we don't have that, then I'm assuming women can practice polyandry outside of customary law. Yes. Well, I've got to take yeah. headlines and we're coming back to our discussions. Prius Tolle is my guest, polyamory South Africa facilitator. He lives the lifestyle. That's his relationship orientation. He's polyamorous. And we also have Shadi Mahanwe, who is a lecturer in the Witt School of Law. As you've been listening, she, as you've just heard now, she's been breaking down to some of the considerations from a legal perspective that would come into the fray of this discussion as we look to amend the marriages act. 702 Masterclass I've had to take off my jacket <laughs> to be able to continue this conversation so many of your uh, imp- of my, so much of your inputs coming in our guests this afternoon for our masterclass on polyamory and polyandry is uh, Shadi Mahanwe who is a lecturer in the Witt School of Law and then we've got Spiros Toller a polyamorous South African and he's a facilitator at uh, Polyamory South Africa let's take a listen to your voice notes then we come to the lines Zania, good afternoon. Polyandry, polyamily, polygamy, it's a norm in this day and age. It's just that the other uh, relationship regimes are done under carpet. 
but ladies have been doing it. You could have a husband at home, but you've got another solid boyfriend out there that you've been seeing or you continue to see for years and years. So, but it's unfortunate that our government is busy with this instead of tackling head on serious issues like the land expropriation without composition, but it's fine. It's uh, those who believe this is the end times. But anyway, what can we do? Vusi from Tembisa Square account. Thank you. Hi, Aza. I want to ask a question. Is um, the, the question that I was asked by, by Reverend. Uh, what happened when both, when all men went here on that same night? What's going to happen? Uh, I'm just trying to get my my head around it to understand it. So, is is it practically possible? Aza, would you would you do that? Please advise. Hey, hi, Aza. Um, two things. One, a lot of women have been in polyamorous uh, relationships. We just didn't know about it, Ronald Majita, and there were the other males were not officialized. That's one. Two, polyamory is just a fancy word for just for for both. You know what I'm trying to say, right? I get it. Uh, we're respecting. But you know what I mean? Interesting show as usual. Tsepo Maseko here. Thank you. Hi, Aza. This is Bonnie here, Ilovo. Uh, I just want to come in to that topic that you have. My question is, in our tradition, our African tradition, when men marry a woman, they pay a robola they pay they are the people who pays to 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 the family of the woman so in polandry what's going to happen there is the woman going to pay to the man's uh family just um a clarity on that one yeah, so many of your comments, and we'll come back to more as we've got calls this afternoon. Um, you know, the question and the voice note about the reverend. I mean, who was asking men when polygamy was at, when polygamy was on, the only one recognized, which it still is, about what happens if two women want to be with him on that night? Who was asking men? So I'm not even going to ask my guests to weigh in on that one because it's just such a non-question to begin with. But we've got a few of your calls as well. Um, Stanley in Springs, uh, you have a question around polyandry. Hi. Uh, hello. Yes, Stanley, do go ahead. Uh, um, yeah, I just want to find out. This is a very interesting topic, first of all. But I just want to find out. In any marriage, remember, there are kids at one stage that come out of that marriage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So now, I want to find out, in this situation, if there are kids that come out there, which name would the kids keep or use? Or use. All right, Stanley. So what are the conversations around uh, traditional aspects such as those? Mm. So can I, can I uh, go back a little bit, uh, if you don't mind? We don't have a lot of time, so I want to keep this section concise, but go ahead and be brief. Okay, sure. I, I just want to ask you, for purposes of keeping things very simple and dropping this whole poly, poly term that's been thrown around, let's refer to polyamory um, as a responsible non-monogamous relationship. Right. And I think that's, that's, going to, that's going to help us demystify mm. a lot of misconceptions going, going forward. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, the caller we just spoke now um, refers to a traditional aspect into 
polyamory. You see, polyamorous relationships are not entirely unique from any other relationship. So, for instance, there's quite a number of similarities between a monogamous relationship and one that's not. Um, the same rules apply um, in a polyamorous relationship. If any relationship, regardless of its orientation, is going to be successful, the two parties involved have a responsibility to, one, trust each other, um, design and set up their own rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. So what works for one couple may not necessarily work for another couple. There are a number of customs and uh, you know traditions and stuff like that which many couples do not necessarily subscribe to and they've got the right to do that. The same applies to a polyamorous relationship. What's key here is for us to remember that polyamory basically advocates for the consent of each and every party that's that's involved, meaning you are at liberty to chart your own way going forward. I can't emphasize this enough. What's key is that you're not in a polyamorous relationship if, like you said earlier on, you conceal certain key information. If you meet someone, you have a responsibility to announce this and, and you know, gain, gain consent from your, mm. from, so your, just, from your existing partner. Just for curious then, how do you balance mm. then all of these different, um, because what is of priority to me might not be of priority to you, might not be of priority to your prime or your, your other, your, your tertiary or the third person or fourth person and all of that in our web if I can put it that way, right, in our mm-hmm. little matrix. So how do all of these get balanced? Is I, I imagine that there's a lot of consensus then, because if I prefer that if I get married, I want to take your surname, and maybe this is not a stance that is... Uh, that you came in with into our polyamorous agreement or I mean well we're talking marriage now so it would be polyandry uh, or or rather it would be a form of polygamy but nonetheless I'm saying if there are all these different interests that need to be uh, accommodated what is the approach what are the conversations in the group as as you gather as polyamory South Africa so what's 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 key is that if you are going to have a successful polyamorous relationship, one, your desire to practice non-monogamy has to be shared, one, mm. between both parties. So upon meeting someone and you hit it off, you need to have the conversation about in the event that I happen to meet somebody that I'd like to pursue outside of yourself, okay? How are we going to go about that? It speaks to that element of maintaining constant trust, constant open communication amongst, amongst each other. Because look, couples are different and so are polyamorous setups. You have the right to, at the very onset of any relationship which is non-monogamous, to design, agree, and chat a unique way that speaks to both of you as individuals and both of you as a couple with inclusion probably from the beginning or as time goes on of another person or other people okay. in, your, in your relationship. Got you. Leon, let's come to you. You're in Midrand. Good afternoon. Hi, Leon. Hi. Hi, Zania. How are you? How are you? We're good. And Welcome. to your guest and listeners. Mm-hmm. So, I have a question. If, let's say, a woman decides to enter into a polyandrous relationship and she ends up marrying three guys, Right, mm. and one of the guys decides. Well, he wants to enter into a polygamous relationship with 
three other women. Mm. And then one of those other women decides to marry, enter into a <laughs> polyamorous relationship um, with a few other guys. And those guys end up marrying the very first one. Yeah. yeah. Well, to be clear, how, at the moment, yeah. To be clear, at the moment, the what we're what we're what we're considering, what the law is considering, is yeah. uh, polyandry. So polyamorous marriages are not yeah. on the agenda as yet, and that's what we were saying that that would then present a number of other uh, uh, issues that would need to be understood and accommodated. Uh, that's that's what uh, Shadi was also outlining earlier on, and even I think Spiro Polyamory South Africa is saying that this is a step towards um, polyamorous marriages as well, um, or just a step in saying they are more, they, 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 they are different expressions of this thing over more over and above polygamy in the male sense only. Um, and of course, uh, uh, the marriage act, which is one to one. Can I, can I come in the, uh, yes. So a, a polyamorous relationship pleases okay, to be polyamorous as soon as the idea of marriage comes into the picture. Really? Okay. Polyamorous means um, without necessarily being married or subscribing to the institution thereof, I can be in a relationship with one person mm. and equally be in another relationship with another. As soon as we introduce the idea of marriage, Mm. It then takes a different form. The polyandry, where women are allowed to marry more than one person, or polygamy, which is what in South Africans we are, we are known to. Okay, no. or you so, so polyamory strictly refers to relationship forms which are not monogamous. Okay. Yeah, however, that, that exists solely on the premise that before I engage in any relationship outside of an existing one, mm. I obtain consent. Uh, responsible non-monogamy goes further. It suggests, and this is a question some of your callers could have, or perhaps you've thought about this as well. Mm. Um, somebody mentioned children, uh, or I've read in social media, so what if you know, kids are born, how do we know whose child this was, and stuff like that. Responsible non-monogamy also detains that we make an effort to protect each and every partner Okay, that is known to to that that entire setup. Okay. So, so for instance, the use of protection is encouraged um, all the time. I just wanted to to sort of demystify that that misconception because it arises often mm. that yeah, if I now have two boyfriends um, and I sleep with both of them, obviously, uh, and I happen to fall pregnant and I'm a female, who then do I know the who the child belongs to? The idea that you must obtain consent and you must be responsible also speaks to if you are planning to have a child, a conversation needs to be had between both parties and yourself, primarily if you're a female who's polyamorous, about which of the two parties do you perhaps want to to tell the child with. This, this, sounds, this sounds a bit tricky for people who may not identify as polyamorous. However, if you are, you understand that you constantly, constantly have to touch base with your existing partner together with somebody else that you may be in a relationship at the bottom. That clarifies it beautifully, Spure. That definitely clarifies it beautifully. Um, I've got to take another break, then we're going to come back and wrap up our conversation. But uh, really grateful to my guests for the way in which they've outlined the issues in polyandry and polyamory. 702 Masterclass. 
Right, let's wrap our conversation about polyandry and uh, polyamory. Uh, Fezile, uh, you're calling from Soweto. I see that you say you're pansexual. Hi. Fezile. Uh-oh, we seem to not have Fezile coming on the line, so I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there with Fezile. But Spiwa, what is your ultimate message as far as polyamory is concerned? I know that you want to have a Soweto chapter so that it ceases to be a taboo or, or that it ceases to be something that uh, uh, people can't feel that they can't engage about. Yes, so a, a, a number of people, individuals and couples, are either already practicing a form of non-monogamy. Um, the, the challenge is usually that there isn't enough information that's available that people can easily access in order for them to understand um, mm. uh, how to go about responsibly. Yes, how to raise know. it and so on. You know. mm-hmm. Exactly. There also happens to be a lot of jargon in, 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 this entire, in this entire subject. So, so certain terminology is new to people and so on and so forth. What, what's important here that, that I'd like to leave the listeners with is um, one, there are more than just, there's more than just one form of relationship. Indeed, some are non-monogamous. We need to start, you know, uh, working very hard to destigmatize the practice of seeing people outside of the confines of a monogamous relationship. People are living in hiding, and that's risky because that means, as you said earlier on, people conceal a lot of information, and, you know, as a, as a result, they subject themselves to contracting disease and, you know, divorces and breakups and so on. There's a, there's a different way of going about this. Okay. I, as you mentioned, sorry, to, um, we, we, we regularly meet as Polyamory South Africa. Um, we have a gathering we call Polycocktails where people meet on, on a relaxed social gathering. We engage, we ask questions, we share information, books, YouTube channels and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We mostly have them in the green side. But um, I'm happy to announce that very soon we are going to be having something like this in Soweto. Okay. I invite, so, listeners, yeah. I invite listeners to go on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, which is Polyamory South Africa for, for more details about upcoming... Fantastic, fantastic. I'm absolutely out of time and this is going to be a conversation that continues to rage, of course, in South Africa. Thank you so much for coming wow. on, Spue. And I also want to thank um, my guest, Shadi Mahanwe, lecturer at Witz School of Law. And sadly, we weren't able to hear from her in this half hour. So many of your questions and your voice notes, it's just staggering how, many, how much curiosity and interest there is. And also a lot of judgment, a hell of a lot of judgment on this kind of relationship orientation.